Well, that was boring. Uh, well, I'm back with another Democratic debate recap. And, uh, you know, a lot of the same stuff. Not much new stuff going on. So, uh, I don't know how long this will be. Because there's not much to touch on, but, you know, I mean, there were, they touched on a couple of, I guess, current events, what was going on, what happened in uh, Syria with Trump pulling out and the Kurds and everything, and they Touched on a couple of other things, but let's talk about, I guess, what, I mean, they, they talked about health care and the same, same stuff everyone talked about the last few debates. You could see a couple of the lesser candidates like Beto O'Rourke and, uh, Julian Castro, and the guys that really don't stand much of a chance taking more of the, uh, you know, well, how are you going to pay for it? You know, they, they still want Medicare for all, but they're, you know, they're, maybe they're, I don't know what they're really I mean, they're obviously trying to make waves, and I don't know. It's just, it's just really annoying. I mean, you know, I I've talked about it a bunch of times that what universal healthcare would look, what, especially what a universal healthcare that. Bernie Sanders wants where you he would eliminate all private insurance. That would be uh, the worst because you know then you wouldn't have any competition, and even I think it was Klobuchar. Klobuchar mentioned that, or was it Klobuchar? I don't know. Someone mentioned the fact that competition has brought down prices. Without competition, prices of things wouldn't have come down. And... Essentially, you know, we need competition to ultimately reduce costs. Because even if the government forces companies to reduce costs, what, you know, really, whenever the government forces uh, negotiates reduced costs, 
what ends up happening is the government subsidizes those companies with taxpayer money. So what ends up happening is the cost of the product might go down, but our spending power goes down as well. So it kind of defeats the purpose. Yeah, it was Klobuchar. Klobuchar just said said that uh, you need that competition is good. Well, um, and I pointed this out on Twitter during the debate. I said, well, you know, why don't you start with the government? Because the government's really the only true monopoly. I mean... Every other industry has the ability for new companies to come in and compete when those companies aren't serving the needs of the people. So, you know, the government, you know, they have a monopoly on the roads. They have a monopoly on the uh, snail mail. You know, I mean, it's just I'm trying to think. I mean, they have a monopoly on the police force. I mean, yeah, there's private security, but private security in uh, as it exists now, is really only for individual protection. It's not really, I mean, maybe, you know, it's not every town had an, or every county has a police department. You know, you can't opt out of the police department and hire a private security firm. You know, same with the fire department, uh, same with the DMV. You have to get your driver's license through the government. You know, there's no third-party private driver's licenses that you could get, your passport. You know, there's all kinds of stuff that you know, there's no uh, way to compete with the government. So, uh, you know, for everyone that says, oh, these companies are monopolies, you know, like Facebook or Google or whatever, or Amazon, or back in the day like Microsoft, you know, once these companies falter, someone swoops in. It may take some time for someone to swoop in, but they will swoop in. You know, I mean, Microsoft used to be on the top of the world. And, you know, there's still, uh, you know, it's still a major player, but... Apple came along, Samsung came along, 
So, you know, they have a lot more competition. And, you know, they're not the big dogs that they once once were. Bill Gates used to be the richest man in the world. Now he's not. So, I don't know. I mean, it's just those things aren't really monopolies. You know, I mean, yeah, the government broke up uh, Pat Bell, but if the government hadn't intervened, another telecom company would have popped up and been competition to Pat Bell. So it's not... And that's a little different because that was like in the early days of... I mean, that wasn't... But really... There aren't really... There aren't any monopolies in the private sector because the only way there would be is if the government created barriers of entry that were so high that company that small companies or even companies that don't exist yet wouldn't be able to compete with the larger companies. And we see that in the pharmaceutical industry. You know, it's, I mean, it's not really a monopoly because there are multiple companies, but those companies kind of form a, a monopoly because in order to get a drug through FDA approval, the barrier of entry is so ridiculously high that you see the same companies producing a bunch of drugs, pushing those drugs, and you know, every once in a while, a, a new company breaks through, but if those barriers of entry weren't there, it would be a lot easier for smaller companies to do research and come up with drugs. And, I mean, we see it with marijuana because... I mean, it's almost a perfect example that I discussed uh, last week on the episode with Rachel Kennerly that the FDA or the DEA has uh, marijuana as a Schedule One drug, which is the worst, you know, no medical benefit at all. And they refuse to allow, they refuse to acknowledge research done because the only research they'll allow is research done 
using government product. So the government grows marijuana to be for testing purposes, but you know, it's very hard for companies to get a hold of that, so they end up doing their own studies, using, but it doesn't get recognized by the government. So, but the point is that the FDA did decide to approve a drug from England, from an English company. So, I don't know. Things like, it's weird. Like, why would you keep marijuana testing out of the hands of American companies and keep marijuana as a Schedule One drug and keep it illegal but at the same time approve a drug from England, from an English company. Like, it just doesn't add up. I mean, it, you know, it's... Clearly, they had the money to push it through. I don't know. It's... But... You know, these are the things we need to be asking. And then, I mean, you know, Tulsi was back tonight, but they kind of avoided her. She talked like once in the first hour, they went to her. And then she talked like, you know, the last, including the last question, which they kind of, used as the closing statement because they didn't do opening or closing statements this time. So I guess the last question kind of served as the closing statement because they went through all the candidates and asked them. So I think the total Tulsi spoke like less than five times you know, the whole night, and she didn't really have a chance of attacking anyone, really. You know, there there was one point where I think it was uh, Warren. Warren was sort of calling her out, and they showed, like, a split screen and Tulsi looked like she was ready to attack with the rebuttal. But uh, the moderators like quickly jumped to the next topic. So that was kind of funny. And, you know, it's just crazy. And, I mean, she did kind of attack uh, Pete Buttigieg, but, I mean, what's the point of attacking him? He's, he has no chance. It's like, just, no, 
Like, it's... It's a waste of an attack, really. Like, you could have attacked anyone. Like, why him? You could have attacked, uh... Well, she's not gonna attack Bernie, because she actually respects Bernie. But she could have attacked Warren. Uh, she could have attacked Biden. She didn't need to attack Kamala Harris again, because she pretty much destroyed her. I think, like, she's at, I think Kamala Harris is at, like, 5% in the polls after being a favorite coming into this thing. So, you know, Kamala Harris is effectively done. But, uh, so, but there was a new face on stage in, uh, Tom Steyer, which was, I mean, it's kind of weird that how he got 2% in the polls, like, after not being on the stage at all and no one really knowing who the hell he is. Like, I, it's just weird. But, yeah, he didn't really impress at all. Like, I, I thought, like, maybe he would bring the uh, economic side of things a little. Like, try and you know, attack when people are calling for universal health care or even the UBI or uh, universal child care or uh, universal pre-K or whatever they... Call whatever candidates call for that is going to cost trillions of dollars over the next few years. You know, like I think that all their plans are like are projected over 10 years and they're all they're, they'd all cost trillions of dollars over those 10 years. I mean, the Healthcare alone would cost upwards of $30 trillion a year. $30 trillion over 10 years, upwards. I, I think I even saw yesterday a number of $45 trillion over 10 years, which is just ridiculous. We can't pay for that. We can't even pay for the budget we have. And no one wants to cut anything. That's the thing. Whenever you try and cut something, whenever you talk about cutting a program or something, everyone gets up in arms about it. So, I mean, like, what what are you going to do? And then, so, I don't know. It was... One interesting thing, though, that I did hear 
that uh, Castro said. Castro said that mandatory buybacks will just lead to more deaths. And he's 100% right. What do you think is going to happen when police show up at people's door asking for their guns? What do you think is going to happen? They're not going to walk away peacefully. Or they're not going to give up their guns peacefully. You know, they're going to fight. and Or not fight, but they're going to ask questions and stuff. And we've already seen what happens. You know, there was there was that red flag law that someone called in and they ended up shooting the guy because he had a gun and they thought he was, they felt fearful. Meanwhile, like, he was actually putting the gun down while they shot him, or like right be I don't know, but he was he wasn't a threat, or like these cops who are just walking into random apartments thinking it's theirs and shooting people, like that's just so. If that's happening now, do you really think mandatory buybacks are going to work? No, they're just going to end in people dying. And, I mean, there was, I don't know, I mean, there's not much. I mean, Yang, a funny part was... When Yang, uh, I forgot, they were talking about like things that don't work or something, and Yang dissed Bing. <laughs> you know, it, it was like no one uses Bing anymore. Yeah, which I thought was funny. I mean, that that's always been the joke of. Bing. Like, it's not, it's just not a good search engine. People don't use it. So, it's kind of obsolete and it never really got off the ground. Because I don't think anyone used it at all from the second, from the once, from the second it was introduced. And then there was Kamala Harris saying that calling for Twitter to uh, censor the Fred to delete the president's account to suspend it or to ban it and like does she really not see that if you suspend the president's account? what kind of precedent that sets. I mean, that's like, that's going to basically open up the floodgates. And, you know, really, that's what this impeachment 
talk is going to do. Because, you know, unless an egregious crime was committed, which I don't see any evidence towards, you know, it seems like normal business to me. Like, if you want to say, like, that's not how our government should operate, fine, but everyone's done it. So where do you start? Or where do you end? You start with Trump. What do you do? Do you reprimand every other president? Like, it's just, you can't have it both ways, I guess. But it's the same thing. Like, what? So uh, the Democrats don't like Trump, so they're going to call for Twitter to censor Trump. What's going to happen when the Democrat gets in power and the Republicans don't like the president? Are they going to say, you know, are they going to call for Twitter to censor the president? Like, where does it, and does it stop with Twitter? No, it's not going to stop Twitter. It's going to be, like, all over the place. It's just, you can't, I don't know. There's just a lot of things you can't do. And, I mean, let's not forget that everyone has freedom of speech, even the president. So... There's another thing, like, actually, someone did bring up the fact, I think it was Beto, maybe, he brought up the fact that these social media platforms are operating like publishers, and that uh, you should be able to call for them to suspend people or ban people, which I kind of agree with because, you know, if they're picking and choosing, then since they are a private company, they can, you know, say like, well, your rhetoric isn't welcome here. But then it gets into the weeds of, well, are they really private or are they taking some orders from the government? And then it gets into murky water that you really don't want to get into. Because, you know, we don't know to the extent of what's going on. I mean, there was that article in The Intercept a couple of years ago about Facebook taking orders from the U.S. and Israeli government. So if it was happening at Facebook, it's not that far of a stretch to think it happens at other social media companies. And... uh Hey, Beto was talking about how uh, the VA uh, 
wasn't the VA in Texas wasn't doing their job and how things, you know, talking about what they did to help to get the VA up and running better. But does he not realize that if universal health care is implemented then our entire healthcare system is going to be like the VA. And that's just, it would be the VA on a larger scale. And whenever something that has problems already grows, the problems just get exacerbated and you can't fix them as easily. Not that you can fix the problems that the VA has. You know, it's the VA really needs to operate as a non-profit. You know, it needs to be privatized and you know, there are, there are plenty of people who would donate money to helping our veterans out, and that's what really needs to happen. And listen, if we end these wars overseas, there won't be any veterans to treat. So, you know, we won't even need the VA. I mean, listen, you know... There's always going to be, you know, like the, but yeah, I mean, the, we need to uh, just end the wars and stop killing people, stop sending people overseas to die and wasting billions and trillions of taxpayer money and just, I don't know. I mean, I do see, you know, if we're attacked as a country, then we go to We go get the people who attacked us and come home. You know, we don't need to be in... uh, a country like like Afghanistan for 18 years when all we needed to do was go in, get Bin Laden, get out. You know, Bin Laden died. We killed Bin Laden, what, like six, seven years ago? Why are we still there? It's just ridiculous. But, um... There were a couple of other things that, just to wrap up, nothing really else, nothing else was really said. I mean, like I said, you know, like I said before in in, uh, yesterday's episode, I was kind of hoping to see Tulsi... uh, and someone's campaign again, but that didn't really happen. 
you know, she sort of took swings at Mayor Pete, and, I mean, he doesn't really have a chance. Although, I mean, I do think he's probably better than uh, Bernie, Warren, or Biden. But, you know, I just don't think he has a chance of making waves. But, like, then, Cory, I don't, I didn't know Cory Booker was a vegan, and frankly, I don't care. Like, why does it matter that you're a ve- that he's vegan? Like, I don't think he realizes that no one gives a shit. <laughs> like, good for you. I don't care. Like, I mean, what what's she trying to prove? You know, it, it came up again. It came up a bunch of times through the night. But on the last question when they were talking about who they're... Who they've been friends with that you wouldn't expect. He brought up the fact that he was friends with someone like Ted Cruz, who it's tough to find a restaurant for, you know, a group of people, including me, a vegan, and Ted Cruz, a meat eating you know, a meat lover, and I was just like, come on, no one gives a shit, like, he's, he's clearly done, and just grasping at any straws he can get, maybe, maybe he thinks it'll win over the, uh, climate change crazies who, think that we need to kill all the cows because they fart too much when in reality people would just eat that meat. Like, I don't know. I don't know. But, so, uh, then at the end, you know, Biden was, I think, the one to close it out because he's in the middle there. And he was at, and, you know, he was asked the same, who's your, you know, the same friendship question. And he went on and on about the importance of bipartisanship and how he would encourage that if he was president. And I was like, well, why didn't you encourage that when you were vice president? Because that's been a problem for a very long time where, you know, there's basically the Democrats don't vote with the Republicans and the Republicans don't vote with the Democrats. Actually, on uh, 
one of the podcasts that Tulsi Gabbard was on, she actually talked about this, and she talked about how when you're brought in on the first day as, you know, when you're newly elected to Congress and you're brought in, you know, to their orientation, at first they bring everyone together and give you the speech about what you're supposed to, uh, how to act and, you know, just the normal stuff, etiquette and stuff like that, then the Democrats go one way and the Republicans go the other way and then they're, then the Democrats are told that if the bills proposed by a Republican, don't vote for it. And but if it's, if that same bill is proposed later by a Democrat, vote for it. So the same bill, essentially the same bill, your vote depends entirely on who proposed it, which is just ridiculous. Like, I mean, it's, this is the problem with, politics and really why we need to, you know, break up whatever is going on and, you know, limit whatever government power to, that is able to make these laws. Because, you know, if if government's making a law that infuriates half the country, the government shouldn't be making that law. The government, it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be in the purview of the government. And it probably isn't based on the Constitution. It's so, I don't know. I mean, I think you know, where I, I stand, like, the government should just get out of most things, if not all, and we should just move on. You know, the government should exist really only to protect us, if that, because, you know, then you get to the fact of well, what's to stop a smaller government that's in place just to protect us from becoming this again, becoming what we have again, you know, going to wars that we don't approve of. I mean, really, the only thing to do would be to voluntarily have... I mean, I... I really think that we could have a European Union type set up where the 50 states are sort of their own individual countries making the laws 
and the federal government, you know, just protects everyone. And uh, it's all funded voluntarily. So once the federal government, you know, gets crazy, people stop funding. And I, I think that would, that could work. You know, and listen, will that ever happen? Probably not. But we can hope. Uh, anyway, I'm going to wrap it up. Like I said, it's going to be a little shorter this time because really it's just nothing new. I mean, there were a couple of new things that I said, but... I mean, for the most part, it's the same. And, you know, just everyone calling for free stuff. Who can give the people more free stuff? And, I don't know. But, uh, so as usual, you know, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram. Follow us on uh, Minds. Um, if you like what you hear, give us a five-star rating on wherever you listen to this. Give us a review. You know, share it with people. I mean, I really think there are a lot of people looking for this type of content, because I think a lot of people are feeling disenfranchised by the polar opposites we have, is what it seems like. And, you know, if you like what we do enough to give us some money and help us grow this thing, you know, there, there are a couple of things you know, I'd like to go to certain places and to bring you more content and get better equipment and stuff like that, then go to go over to Patreon, patreon.com slash the unuseful idiots and there are a bunch of tiers that you can choose from based on what you want and, you know, you can become a producer on the show. So uh, that's it, guys. Later this week, I'll have another episode out. And until then, bye. Bye.